<laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the InPlay Live podcast. Just me and Mr. Pace today, but uh, we're going to shoot the breeze, talk about some current events, and uh, dive into what's going on these days. I've got, as you can see, my championship banner shirt and hat from our trip to Golden State a couple years ago. <laughs> on a dark, uh, cloudy COVID day, it makes you think of uh, good times like this, so... That was awesome. That ring, remember the ring ceremony and the, the revealing the players. Yeah, that was epic. Anyways, that's a just a nice little sentimental note to get our day started. And that that kind of I mean, it's mood. the thing is, is people talk about seasonal, what's it called, seasonal depression disorder yeah, or like whatever, and vitamin it's like C defi- or D deficiency. Yeah, and it's like I I don't focus on those things too much, but when you say something like that and you realize, wow, right now we'd probably be planning a trip for, you know. Whether it's the Warriors or some other sports-related yeah. trip to somewhere a little bit sunnier than Vancouver, then uh, it kind of hits you in the spot a little bit. But it looks like that shirt seen better days. <laughs> oh, dude, I'd wear this. This this has been worn with pride. Um, let's talk a bit about Super Bowl. Super Bowl recap. Obviously, we were happy. Our guy Tom and my guy Gronk, specifically. Big win. Yep. Um, and they became the leading. Um, so the first touchdown. I could be wrong here. The first touchdown either broke the record for most yeah, yeah, playoff, yeah. the combo, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, passing touchdowns from one quarterback to one, you know, receiver, even though he's a tight end. They they definitely have the record at 14. I'm not sure if 13 broke it or tied it, but 14 definitely broke it. So, they, yeah. they have the record, and it sounds like they're looking to add to it next year by, by the sound of things. So, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and all the haters are getting in line and coming out of the closet, and that's been interesting to see. And Yeah. Whatever, I mean... I think think at the end of the day, I think, uh, especially right now with the Aussie Open on, um, it reminds me of athletes that I hate when people talk to me negatively about Tom Brady. And there's a a prominent athlete that I think you're not a huge fan of, but I know I can't stand him. I can't stand, and I don't want to offend anyone here, uh, I love the Serbian sports culture. I love their respect for Novak Djokovic. I have so much admiration for like amazing fan bases following religiously their guy. Yeah. So I love the Serbian uh, culture around Novak Djokovic. That's not what I hate at all. I can't stand him. I can't stand him and I don't can't even tell you why. But this is what I say to all the Tom Brady haters. I go, I feel sorry for you. What a terrible 21 years you've had. Like what an absolutely terrible 21 years you have. And I'm watching tennis all the time, um, mostly as a fan. And I can't stand watching Novak Djokovic. And it's like, if someone were to say to me, I feel it's like, hey, props. I respect the hell out of the guy. It's like Vince, He's so good. Um, what's Vince Vaughn's character in, in Anchorman? He's like, God damn it, Ron Burgundy, I hate you. Yeah, but yeah. I also respect you. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. And I think it's just like, it's so much negativity. It's just like, okay... I get it. You don't like it. You're frustrated. He keeps winning, but yeah. you have to respect the accomplishment. I think Joker is a good example. He's a pretty polarizing tennis figure, yep. um, and has been for years and years. But like, will I watch every Djokovic final I can? Absolutely, yeah, 100%. no questions asked. And and will you be in awe of his talent? Yeah. Oh, he's he's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. He but, is incredible. But I, I just want him to lose, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and and then the flip side of that is like. I never want to see Rafa lose on clay. And there's probably tons of people out there that are like, I want to see Rafa lose on clay so badly. The sport needs a change. Uh, I'm sick of him winning. You know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Right? Um, so, on the note of tennis, 
It's our first calendar year of tennis at InPlay Live, really. Yeah. Something that we're starting to get our feet wet on. Yeah. Um, what's your outlook on it? What do you What do you like? What are you gonna be looking for? Do you think? For for from a betting standpoint, I personally have done well with tennis because the only thing I've ever bet is extremely low volume and people to win a tournament. And you yeah. know, it, just as an example, I think it was probably three years ago where I saw like Nadal was like maybe it's four maybe you know what maybe it's four or five years ago it's like 2.4 for him to win the French and I was like at the beginning like, yeah at the beginning like he's got and I'm just like people to go through you know that that is not contrarian but I was like you know I'm gonna be, I'm gonna bet on that so like I've picked tournament winners for the majors and that's pretty much all I've bet on but one of the awesome things about in play live is you know like you just said it's our first season and we're like what are we doing for tennis? And there's like, you know, my eyes are barely even open to it. And there's like a hundred, hundred people all saying, Hey, what are we doing for tennis? Right. And then that's where it's like, okay, this is like a trial period. Right. Um, the think tanks in full effect really with like experimenting and and watching. And I think tennis is a a poster child for pregame betting too, because like you have your, Odds favorite, huge favorites, guys who pay two to one not to win a match but to win a tournament, mm-hmm. and then throughout every single match you see all these upsets. So finding and learning where value is going to be could be a massive opportunity. Yeah, you see all these upsets, and then you know Joker still wins the Aussie Open or Joker still wins Wimbledon or whatever the case may be, right? So it's like one of the big, th- big they called it the Big Four. It's really the Big Three now. You know Murray's Murray's done. One of those guys wins, but it's all the upsets inside and in between usually one of those big guys winning. Because one of the brilliant things about tennis over the last really 20 years has been the dominance of one or a small group of players, right? Right. And then you look at, you know, what you're saying, and that's, you know, a sport where, you know, you have like eight and 10 and 20 to 1 underdogs at the start of the match and how can you find value on something inside of the match on one of those guys whether it's to upset them on the match or whether it's you know to break or to hold or to yeah you know uh, go to deuce or and that you know what I think one of the cool things about sports betting in, in general is that if you're new to it but you love sports you think like oh I'm gonna pick you know joker to win um but for us, we open up a tennis menu and it's like, what can't you bet on? What do we got today kind of thing? Like, But what can't you bet on? In tennis, you can literally bet on like first serve, second serve, point, game, set, match. Yeah. So what everything? Can, what can't you bet on? Yeah, I actually... What, I don't know. Like the, the ball boys, you can't bet on them. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no props for the ball boys, but like you can bet on every single... like and. And I am always a f- one of the reasons I love football so much is because there's a play and then it stops. Yeah. And in tennis, there's a play and then it, you know, there's a rally, a point, and then it stops. You have a small right? window. Yeah. So there's that window of okay, what are what are we doing now? What are we doing next? So um, it's a really cool sport. And like to 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 be humble approaching it, I have not made money betting live on tennis um, yet. I mean, I don't know, right? We'll like, see. yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I um, Why there could be some great opportunities. Uh, it's definitely something we're pumped about. And then also at the same time, it's one of these things too where I, I'm fortunate enough, and I think we're fortunate enough that we can turn to the community and go, "Hey guys, let's start watching for this or for that." 
and people start to test things and we start to build data yeah. and things like that. And then that's where we go, okay, this is a fool's errand and okay, this is actually where we could, you know, sort of see some opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, but, and, and one of the great things about that game in particular, obviously too, is, um, understanding the, you know, differences and the nuances from, you know, a, a tournament that where it's 40 degrees, uh, in Australia every year that, you know, there's, um, heat breaks and all these other things associated with it and it's on concrete, right? And then obviously switching gears to the clay season and then to grass for Wimbledon and then back to concrete for the U.S. Open. So, you know, it is one of these things where if you have a tremendous understanding of the game but also the conditions, that's where you can really start to capitalize on maybe a generic algorithm applied to one specific player or event um, that doesn't factor those things in. Right. Yeah, could be interesting. Could be interesting. Either way, it's a heck of a lot of fun <clears throat> to watch the majors, watch those good matchups, and just from a sports fan perspective, I think um, if you haven't watched tennis, you know a lot of people are are probably like tennis. Like, what's so great about tennis? But if you watch two top players go at it in a tennis match, it's yeah. some some of my favorite sporting moments ever. Watching like Nadal versus Federer, Joker versus Nadal. Right, any of those three playing with, each other is like incredible sport just to watch without money on without it. any money on it okay so this, this is a perfect example i bet on everything everything and would i watch a tennis match now without betting on it yes <laughs> but i probably would bet on it but over the last yeah. decade there's only one sport in the world that i have set reminders for woken up at 3 a.m for stayed up till 6 a.m. watching a match that started at 2 a.m. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. There's only one sport I've done that for at all, and I don't even have money on it, and that's tennis. And that is, you know, it is the Aussie Open final. It is the, the Wimbledon final that, you know, I've, 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 we have both. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I remember, remember Charlie stayed up with us, and we put him on the speed bike. Because he kept falling asleep, so we put him on the speed bike in the room so he'd stay awake to watch. Uh, I think that was the Aussie Open. Yeah, yeah, there was one year, (laughs) I was thinking about this earlier today, there was one year where I switched my sleep calendar so that I I could watch all the Aussie Open games. I was working the restaurant nights, so I would wake up at like 1 p.m., kind of go about my morning. Yeah watch some tennis, go to work, watch some more tennis, go to sleep, come back. And I was nocturnal for two weeks. Yeah. That's, I mean, but no, I know that there's, there's a couple members in our group that are doing that right now because they're betting on it and they are doing well. Yeah. So they're testing some stuff. They're betting small, but you know that they're doing it from a money-making standpoint. Yeah. And then, and that's kind of, we do have European members. That's what they have to do for For football, for hockey, for football, for basketball, all the things that we're successfully making money off of. Um, if they want to be a part of that, they have, they got to set their alarms or stay up or whatever. Right. So I have power to them. Yeah, right? exactly. exactly. What else we got on the docket? We got a bit of hockey action. I think that one thing, yeah, hockey's in full swing. They've been hit pretty hard by COVID stuff of the last week or so. Yeah. Um, but I think that if anything, uh, and you brought this up in our week, in your weekly chat too, just a reminder that like hockey is not the same as football when it comes to money management and bankroll management. Just like reminding yourself that we're at a time of year we have to reshift your focus. Yeah, I think that's probably a good thing to touch on. Yeah, and yeah. just like we're moving into different sports. Different sports have different approaches. And it's yeah. like that's something that you have to really, no matter what sports you bet on, pregame um, or in game, you should take that mentality of 
hey, we're into a new situation, right? And, yeah. Um, a good reminder for people because if you are going as high volume, high impact as you were during football season into hockey, you can get yourself into a bit of trouble sometimes. Yeah. Right? And so just being diligent and kind of like your public service announcement. Remember. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think whether you're a member of InPlay Live or not, um, Ritzker brings up a really good point because for me personally, right, and every, I think everyone's different. I've said this a lot. There's a lot of different ways to make money sports betting. Some people specifically focus on arbitrage and sure betting. If you haven't checked out our podcast on that, we did a whole episode on arbitrage betting. You can check it out. I think it would be like episode four or five or something yep. like that. But it's in the title. Very easy to search up. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make money. And for me, I make the most money betting on American football. So that's NCAA football and the NFL. But if you actually look at my quantity of wagers, the only reason I make the most is because the volume is unprecedented, right? There are some Saturdays where I've made a thousand wagers and every single Saturday, Sunday combo, it's almost a guarantee I've passed over a thousand wagers. Like we are taking a lot of wagers and it's extremely high volume. Then that ends, right? And we just had that, yeah. you know, the, the climax to the season, uh, Super Bowl, where from an in-play live money-making standpoint, um, think contrarian and win. You know, Chiefs were the favorite. We did very well in that game. Um, you know, betting against the Chiefs with high-volume plays. But that even still is just one game. There isn't the, the six or eight games yeah. on at the same time, yeah. right? And then we transition to um, hockey and hoops. And I would say for the most part, hoops is low volume to succeed that's my opinion right um and it depends on again it depends on what you're doing right yeah. but with what i do with hoops it's low volume extreme extreme selectivity or you know discipline to succeed and then with hockey it's a you know a specific set of strategies and you know some nights you get one some nights you get four but you're not talking about hundreds yeah right so we might get the volume for hockey that we get in one day of football in a month. Yeah. Right? So from a from a quantity standpoint, I don't make as much money, but on a per wager basis, I definitely do yeah. make as much money. It's just again, we're not exposed to those high levels of volume. So to speak to your point, ultimately what I'm trying to get across to everyone, this has nothing to do with just in play live members, but everyone that's out there, when you make that transition out of football, and for a lot of our members where you've taken you know, a small amount of money, you've turned it into quite a bit amount of money. We have a lot of people that have broken into the five figure club, right? Which is $10,000. Uh, their bankrolls broken over $10,000 from an initial bankroll of just hundreds. And now all of a sudden you take that same sort of high volume approach to a new game and you're like, shit, look at my money going the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And the going the wrong way fast because it's unproven strategies, this, that, and the other. So it's just like you said, it's hitting the reset button. It's going, Hey, you know what? Let's start over. New season, new sport, new bankroll. Um, whether that means cashing out for you or not depends on your own personal discipline, your own personal situation. Yeah. But going, you know what? Hey, I started. I started uh, last season football with five hundred bucks. Let's do the same thing for hockey. Maybe maybe it's a thousand now. Yeah. But let's do the same thing for hockey. Let's be extremely smart, extremely disciplined, and uh, you know, reset that unit size. We got people that started betting out five dollars, and their unit size now is you got a five. Fluff on your left cheek there, there you go. Is it bothering you? Your unit <laughs> size is now five hundred bucks, right? Take off your jacket. Um, you know, and it's like when you start swinging five hundred bucks on a new sport, you're just exposing yourself to a hell of a lot of risk. So 
That's yeah. yeah. And I think too, when when you come down from that volume high of football season, and not to mention football season, but football with hockey and basketball going on, and world junior, like there's eight things that more like if yeah. you're looking to churn out and and have a high velocity of of wagers. Like, be careful looking at other markets for hockey yeah, and basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. European, South American, whatever, other continents, Asian. There are opportunities there, but, like, the focus of the the main strategies that we've employed have been based on North American sports. So, yeah. like, just be careful and do your research if you're going to jump into an, and Don't assume all things are equal because yeah. the game is played different ways in different countries, yeah. in different leagues. The, the competition level is different, like so much can change, right? Yeah. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind is like if you're searching to create that volume, make sure that you're not just like blanket applying strategies either, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do that with some level of, of um, discipline and, and kind of like, I don't know, put some, some research and build some statistics to support that it works Yeah. or that there's parity, right? Yeah, and I think to speak to that a little bit more too, um, one of the really cool things that um, has happened because this is our second hockey season that did play live. Mm-hmm. We we started for the COVID restart restart last year, so we didn't have the full season last year. But it's our second season, um, and we had some great strategies. Uh, really did well, especially in the playoffs for hockey last year. And uh, here we are now in our next season. What I didn't ever fathom was the group making me better at what at the strategies that I. Uh, created for the master class yeah and you know we've got guys that are so good with um, software engineering and uh, AI and spreadsheets and data that you know we've got strike prices for virtually everything that we're looking at based on the scenario that they're in so what team are they playing Um, what opportunities are we looking at specifically and what are our strike prices to ensure that whether we win or lose we made a smart decision and and of course also that gives you the the red light the no no don't bet this one yeah um which is nice to have because um we didn't have that before you know uh we based it off of visuals that were happening in the game which are still very important but now with the data associated with the visuals makes us hopefully that much more effective right yeah um so what what other things we got coming around the corner it's almost we're halfway through february March Madness is around the corner. Yeah. We're going to do a massive bracket for that. Okay, so let's let's touch on the Super Bowl pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was really cool. So, uh, you know, if you follow us on social media, if you if you don't, please check us out on Instagram. Um, but, you know, we launched a public Super Bowl props pool. And the, the motive for that really was me kind of being a little depressed going, I'm not going to have a huge Super Bowl party this year. And usually we fill out a, a prop yeah. sheet. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, we took that, I took that mentality and went, wait a minute, we have a, a multi-hundred yeah. uh, uh, community of, of sports bettors, um, let's make it online, right? And the by the end of it, entries were coming in of people that we didn't know at all that weren't part of InPlay Live. And we, in just, you know, like 28 hours, yeah, we got a, a 106 or something entrance. So um was a huge success. But yeah, so going forward, we're definitely going to do a March Madness bracket yeah. uh, that will be released to the public so that we more and more become a hub for, you know, the world of sports entertainment. Yeah, yeah right? totally. Pools, fantasy, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that'll be fun. Um, March Madness also brings some unique betting opportunities. There's so many underdogs that win in March Madness. 
crazy stuff happens in games. Like, yeah. That's yeah. going to be pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Um, what else do we have coming up in February? That's pretty much it for February, March. And then we're looking at, I think, the next big, big thing would be the Masters for me. Yeah. In April. Well, training camp, it, uh, um, baseball players are reporting to training camp this next coming week. So we're definitely going to do an episode on baseball. But um, actually, shout out to Brian. I don't know if he watches our podcast, but... Um, he sent me an article today, and it's about, I don't know how to properly say this, the de-corking of Oh, baseballs. yeah, I read about that. Well, because they, they, there was a huge, it was kind of an undertone to the media last year about how the balls were all juiced, Yep. which resulted in a huge uh, record. Like, they smashed the record for home yep. runs last year. Smashed yep. it. And all the pitchers, like, you just even see them on the mound throwing balls, and then they watch the ball go over the, like, like they just when they knew. thought it was everyone a pop knew, fly yeah, everyone just like, knew that like something was up, and then it was David Price who came out and said like, you know, didn't we kind of like, so you're admitting it when they had denied, 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 and now they've they've kind of decor de uh, or right. whatever you want to made them not fly as far whatever scientific fucking word you want to use for that. Yeah, but um, so that'll be interesting. We'll be back to some old school baseball. Yeah. So the article that I read, <clears throat> and I mean, this is a total guess, but they said that it would convert to 5% less home runs across the league for the year. Mm. And then of course our job at in play live is how does that affect betting? You know, what does the public think? What does the public think when they hear that? They're like, Oh my God, we got to bet the under. Yeah. They're never going to score again. Yeah. Whereas we're like, okay, if that's what you're all thinking, we don't want to say you're wrong. That's not what we do. I never want to be like, no, this team's going to win or that team's going to win. That stuff drives me nuts. It's not, okay, you're not wrong, but if all of you are thinking that way, how can I make money by not thinking that way? So what are the players going to do? They're going to cork their back? <laughs> They're going to juice up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, baseball, yeah. I mean, baseball's around the corner. And I think too, also, um, we had some really great baseball strategies last year in the playoffs. Uh, we don't have a master class um, for baseball, but we will have one for the start of this season. Cool. Um, and just, yeah, I think just on that note, um, knowing that, you know, we've got the community at our back to attack the sport, and we don't know what those changes are going to be. It's just an ongoing theme. What were the changes in baseball last year, right? More runs, putting runners on um, second yeah. base to start yeah. the overtime. Uh <clears throat> Double headers that are seven innings came back last year. That's yeah. a, a thing from years, years, years ago. Yeah, that was um, crazy. Which, I mean, I gave them props. Honestly, just the whole season went off and they figured it out. And not only did they have to deal with COVID, they dealt with three or four days where sports weren't played at all because of, uh, um, you know, uh, people protesting. Right, right. right. So oh, the, yeah, the, like, yeah. the MLB got thrown a real wrench, right? They had the, the manager of the Florida Marlins... No, four of his teammates tested positive for COVID. He knew, and he's like, Didn't "Whoa, you just run him out!" No, there? he ran him out there. Yeah, get out. So he, I can't remember who they play. The Phillies. Yeah, they. It was like two weeks of those two teams not playing their regular schedule. And in the man, in the meeting after the manager, I don't even know his name. He said, "What? What were we just not going to play?" <laughs> They're all like, "Yes," but 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 I was like, "Oh my god, oh, baseball's geez. a disaster." They're the first ones doing it, not in a bubble because yeah. M- MLB or sorry, NHL and NBA were both in bubbles, and then and NFL hadn't started. Yeah, yet, right? yeah. and and then uh, you know you 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 hear that and you're like, "Oh my god, the MLB is they are <clears> fucked," <throat> like straight up. And they, I thought they did a tremendous job of bouncing back from that moment to getting the whole season in, and some of the. 
some of the rings without fans and stuff have kind of felt maybe a little cheapened or a little off. Yeah. I didn't feel that way with MLB at all this year. Yeah. No, that was a good that was a good World Series. Yeah. So I mean we're it's just it's just nice to have options because this is the time last year we're one month away from when they shut everything shut everything down. They yeah. cut us off and we were wandering aimlessly. We're throwing from... dice in the back alleys <laughs> of the streets to to keep our pulse. Yeah. Heads or tails on crosswalks. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I think that's good place to leave it probably. Yeah, next week we're going to get a little bit deeper into some hockey with uh, our guy Ted yep. in Play Live member, so that'll be fun and we'll just dive even further into what we kind of touched on today and yeah. Talk some strategies and some fun stuff that's going on there. Yep. Um and then yeah, we're we'll look forward to to what's around the corner. But um yeah, as always, check us out Instagram, Facebook, website in play live uh join us today in the url below there subscribe and click you can get 40 percent off with the promo code ritzker podcast there um we've got live stream are you going live tonight going live tonight. live stream tonight for you you can make your first hockey wager but read the teachable course first <laughs> all right dude cheers man till next week